It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you once again. My guest today is Amy Ford. Amy lives in Dallas, Texas, and is the founder and president of Embrace Grace Ministries, a worldwide organization. A few of the things that Amy will share with you today is that God is always with you, especially in the lowest and most broken times of your life. Also, how God will always try and intervene to stop you from making a poor decision and how God will take the mess in your life and turn it into a message of hope and destiny. Before I visit with Amy, let's pray. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart. Amen. Amy, welcome to Get the Hell Out of Your Life. How are you today? Good. I'm so glad to be on your show. Amy Ford, What's your story? Well, I uh, grew up in a Christian home, always knew abortion was wrong, and my parents taught me it was wrong, and I felt like it was wrong, but um, I, I was a Christian, but I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. I went to church every Sunday, but there was no—I believed in Him, but I, I just had no relationship. And so I looked to uh, my boyfriend to fulfill you know, the emptiness that I had that only God could fill. And so we ended up having an unplanned pregnancy, and even though I knew abortion was wrong, I was so terrified. I was terrified to tell my parents. I thought my friends were going to hate me. I was the oldest of four kids, so I thought that, you know, I was going to disappoint even my siblings. And so, and the father of the baby felt the same way. And so we decided that, you know what, let's just have an abortion and we'll just, you know, this will fix the problem and that we'll deal with the consequences of a broken heart later, but let's just, let's just do it. And I was just sick to my stomach. You know, you kind of just go through a robotic point where you're just not feeling anything and you're just like, I just need to get through this. I just need to get through this. And, um, I was so scared, but we went and we paid for it. I went into the abortion room and all of those feelings and emotions that I had stuffed down inside just basically erupted in that room. And I ended up having a a panic attack and I hyperventilated and passed out in the abortion room. And when I came to, the nurses were fanning me. They were trying to give me a drink of water. They said, you're too emotionally distraught to make this decision today. Uh, you're not having an abortion today. You can come back another day. And they walked me back out to the waiting room. And the father of the baby, who I loved, you know, he saw that my face was swollen from crying so hard. And I just looked at him and said, we're still pregnant. And so we just decided in that moment, like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to have to tell our parents. You know, we just were bracing ourselves. We thought we would be homeless. We thought our lives were over and the enemy lies to you, you know, in that moment and tells you like the worst things that could possibly happen. And we ended up telling our parents, of course, they were disappointed, but it wasn't as traumatic as we thought it would be. Um, we had, we were, we had been together four or five years. I was 19 when this happened and uh, we decided that we would just get married because we knew we wanted to eventually. And so we might as well go ahead and now. And so when I was 16 weeks pregnant, we, uh, got married. And when we were planning the wedding, 
uh, my husband had went to a guy, a pastor that had really led him to the Lord years before he was his mentor through high school and would take him to different, you know, ministry things and all of that. So we asked him if he would marry us and he said, no, I'm sorry, I can't bless this marriage because you've sinned. And so I will not marry you. And so even we found someone else who would marry us, but it really hurt. And we, you know, felt shame on our wedding day. And we felt like we had a scarlet letter and what is everyone thinking? And it just really, um, just the shame around it really made that day not as amazing as it could have been. And so we tried to go back to church for a little while after that, but it's like the elephant in the room. People don't know whether to say congratulations or I'm sorry. So they just don't say anything. And I'm like a super extrovert person, have a lot of friends. And so it's super obvious when all of a sudden people just aren't talking to you anymore. They're not making eye contact. And so we just really didn't like the way we felt when we went to church anymore. And so we just stopped going. And um, it was kind of a lonely season. You know, you can feel alone in a crowd of people. And that is the way we felt. And I, looking back, I know even with my friends kind of disconnecting, I don't think it was that they didn't like me anymore or anything. It's more people just don't know what to say. And so we kind of went through a lonely season. And the two years, we had a son, Jess. He is amazing. In fact, he just graduated from Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he got a degree in ministry and leadership, and he just got married last month as well. So it's been an eventful summer for Jess, but he has such a heart for the Lord and a passion to evangelize. And it's just been amazing to watch and to think that it was so close for him not to be here. Um, It's crazy to think, you know, he's, I say I raised a kid, but he raised us too. And it, it was awesome. You know, he was, God knew he was just what we needed. And when he was two years old, that pastor that wouldn't marry us, he ended up calling my husband out of the blue. And he said, I really need to apologize and ask for forgiveness. He said, I think about what I did and saying no to you guys every day. And I feel like it was my worst mistake in pastoring history that I said no to you. And will you forgive me? And my husband was like, yes, I forgive you. He loves this guy. In fact, to this day, they are like best friends. I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but this pastor lives in Austin. So it's a few hours away and they still talk on the phone all the time. And he still looks up to him so much. They have such a sweet friendship. And, um, and one thing that's really cool too, is that when my son Jess was 16, that pastor asked me to come speak at his church on Mother's Day. And so I kind of did a pro-love message and he was very open with his congregation before I had gotten there about what he had done years before and what he had said. And so, um, he said he had a religious spirit, a Pharisee heart, you know, years before, but now look at what this ministry that she started called Embrace Grace and all of that. Well, I came, I did my thing, I spoke. After I was done, he asked me to come back on stage in front of everyone, and he also asked my son, Jess, to come on stage. And he said, Amy, years ago, I asked your husband for forgiveness, but I never really asked you, will you forgive me? I was like, yes, of course, I forgive you a long time ago, you know, of course. And But then he looked at my son, 16, in front of the whole church, and he said, Jess, will you forgive me for planting seeds of rejection in your heart before you were ever even born? And while you were in your mother's womb, I rejected you. Will you forgive me? And my son, 16, in front of the whole church says, I 
or give you. And it was such a powerful moment in that room. You could feel church wounds being lifted and um, just hearts being healed and the fact that he would humble himself in that way. And so all of this really has just shown me the power of what the church and community can do. And that women just knowing that there's help and there's support that's out there in the church that wants to embrace them and welcome them in could inspire a life decision. And so that is what Embrace Grace uh, was born to do. Wow, what a story. Listeners, if you just tuned in, Amy Ford uh, was telling her story of uh, being in an abortion clinic and uh, she was so overwhelmed and she passed out. And the nurse said, hey, you can't have this today. And she did not have it in the child, uh, a young. Now he's uh, he's 16. Oh, no, now he's 21. Now he's 21. Yeah. <laughs> and graduated Oral Roberts University. So God really had a plan for his life. Wow. And not, not only a plan for his life, a ministry was born, your ministry, Embrace Grace, out of this whole entire uh, situation. Yes. Yes. Where our heart is that we want the church to be one of the first places a girl runs to when she finds herself in an unexpected pregnancy instead of the last because of shame and guilt. And so we have created support groups and training materials in churches all over the nation um, so that they can invite these girls in and disciple them and help them with even practically with physical things that they might need and, um, and help them get back on their feet. And so they're feeling the love of God through these support groups. You know, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And so they're being able to feel God's kindness through his people. And it's amazing to see the transformation that happens in their hearts. And they are more empowered as women to be the mom, whether she places for adoption or parents that God created her to be. And so that's what we want the church to be able to do. And we're seeing lives saved just because the church is saying, yes, you are welcome here. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a break. And listeners, when we come back, we're going to talk to Amy and ask her some questions because I know there's people listening right now that perhaps they're in the same situation. Maybe they da- their daughter is, or maybe they're um, suffering from post-traumatic stress sy- uh, syndrome from an abortion they had years ago. We're going to talk about some issues of how you can take a broken person and how God can put them back together right after the break. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Do you wonder about your future? Are the challenges of life becoming overwhelming? The challenges of life affect us all. And God wants you to know He loves you and wants to help you. God is for you and not against you. In fact, God loves you so much that He sent His Son Jesus into this world just for you. As you learn to depend upon Jesus as your personal trainer, you'll have access to His infinite wisdom, power, and strength. And by hearing and reading His Word, God will show you the answers to all your problems. And soon, you'll begin to see a greater measure of success in every area of your life. Never forget that when you invited Jesus into your heart, your past was erased, setting you free to discover your destiny, your purpose in life. You are destined for success. So be determined today to enjoy success by God.
Welcome back, listeners. I'm visiting with Amy Ford today from Dallas, Texas. Amy, at one time years ago, considered an abortion, went to the clinic with her boyfriend, but was so overwhelmed in the middle of this appointment, she passed out. Well, the nurse told her she cannot have it that day that she would have to come back. Well, Amy never went back. So, Amy, what would you tell someone that has an unplanned pregnancy? Well, I know it's like panic mode and it it feels like you might have had your life in control up to this point, but now all of a sudden it feels like it's out of control and I know it can feel super scary, but I love how God chose you out of all the women in the world to, to carry this baby and either parent or place this baby. So he will equip you with everything you need. You can do this with him and to get yourself connected to a pro-life pregnancy center, which they're all over the nation. You can have their free and you can have a a pregnancy test and a sonogram and all of that. And then also to get connected to a local church for an Embrace Grace group. And we have uh, groups all over the nation. We're based in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but we're actually in over 700 churches, 47 states, and 10 countries. And so go to our website. You can put in your zip code and all of the churches in your local area that are around, they are there and you can uh, find one, find a, get connected to that leader and join a group so you'll meet other girls going through the same thing that you are. You are not alone and you are so loved and you're going to have a, a family of people, a, spiritually, a spiritual family that's going to want to walk along you. You know, Amy, sometimes I've discovered that sometimes it's the parents that are more concerned of what the neighbors will think, what the church members are going to think. And they kind of have this warped sense, well, maybe we just need to keep it quiet or maybe, maybe we just need to look at some other options. Um, Do you find that? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we even have, we've heard horror stories of like pastors bringing their daughters in to have Uh, abortions because they're afraid of what the church might think. And it just causes even more trauma on the woman, you know, to have to go through that. And it's, it's really, really sad, but I love, I believe that sometimes when God wants to woo his daughter back to him, sometimes he'll give her a baby to do it. And sometimes he'll just so she can see like a tiny glimpse as she looks in her baby's face of how much God must love her. And we've seen how babies have uh, reconciled families and babies have sparked um, an intimate relationship with the Lord when that wasn't there before. And that God knows what he's doing, that he thought of this baby before it was ever even conceived. And so for us to step in and take over that, what God's plan is, is something that, you know, is kind of scary and we shouldn't be doing. So I would encourage to get counsel and not allow shame and fear to make a fear-based decision and something like this that can cause your daughter so much trauma. You know, God heals, but it is really hard. I have so many post-abortive friends that have experienced an abortion and they remember the date, you know, or how old the baby would be. Even though God heals, it still is something that is sensitive and tender and hard um, to think about. It is amazing, too, to see how women have turned that around, that hurt, and how they have. I love how Revelation 12, 11 says, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that is how we heal, is through sharing our story. Mm. And so for women to be able to share their story and talk about what happened and not keep it in darkness is, is what God can heal. And it's often to see how they've stepped in and let an embrace grace group or 
served at their local pregnancy center because they're able to tell their story to these women and say, this is what I went through, but they get to be the person they wish that they had had years ago in their life when they made that decision. Listeners on the phone, I'm speaking with Amy Ford. She is the founder of Embrace Grace and a nonprofit ministry out of Dallas, Texas. It was founded when she was considering, well, not considering, she was planning an abortion and she passed out in the waiting room never had the abortion and began this awesome ministry now that helps uh, uh, women with unplanned pregnancies uh, become whole again and, and take broken women that uh, maybe had an abortion help with their ministries and through other churches to get them back on a path. You know, I always part uh, say my heart hard for 20 years uh, with ministry is about destiny and purpose and that God has a destiny and a purpose for each of us. We're all unique and God knew what we were going to do before we were in our mother's womb. I say all that because when I talk to people that, you know, are pro-life or pro-choice, I, and I tell them, I said, well, listen, though, that 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 child, that baby that's in there has something to give to this world. And if that baby doesn't have an opportunity to give to the world, their gifts, their talent, their skills, their ability, the world misses out on it. For sure. And I think people look at sometimes not on purpose, but they assume or think that the baby is a sin. And the baby is a miracle. Like the pregnancy is a miracle. The What happened possibly, you know, unless it was rape, but it, there was sin that led to the the, ba- the baby, but I love how God turned our messes into miracles. And every baby was designed and created by our Heavenly Father. And He knew what He was doing because He planned that child. And so, yes, like even to think about Jeff, my son, you know, to I don't know how many kids he's led to the Lord yet. He has started a ministry in high school where 300 kids were showing up at a park to have a student-led worship, and he would evangelize to the city. And I mean, I think hundreds of, ki- hundreds of kids have been saved because of this ministry he had started while he was in high school and even now through uh, college he's been leading it. And so to think that the destiny would have been completely affected if I would have gone through with that Mm -hmm. abortion, then it would, everything would look so much different now. Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't have the pleasure of speaking with you. It is, it's a domino effect down the road. Now, Amy, Mm -hmm. what would you tell somebody out there that is thinking, well, uh, my daughter or I was, I was raped or I had a relative that got me pregnant. And so I have the right to have an abortion because I, I can't deal with this. Yeah. I even have a friend, another pro-life leader named Ryan Bomberger that I've met a few times and he, uh, his mom was raped and he has stood in front of thousands of people. And he has said, are you saying, you know, if you are pro-life with exception or of rape, are you saying that my life is not as valuable as someone that was conceived in a different way? And he's like, that is not fair that you would say that. He said, I, my life has purpose and I'm supposed to be here. And so when you look at his face and it, you humanize, because it is a human, that is, that's not right to say that that baby doesn't get a chance of life because of the way it was conceived. Um, it's less than 2% of all abortions are from rape. So that is a very small 
percentage of, of abortions, but I have embraced grace girls that have gone through that have experienced a rape and it, and they even have worries of like, when I have this baby, is this baby going to remind me of my rapist and all of those feelings and concerns and things, but we can't add two traumas um, and so, you know, you, you're turning one trauma into two when you have an abortion. And so, but all of these women that have had their baby, it has been amazing. It's like God heals their heart even more and they fall in love with their, their child. Even in my first book, A Bump in Life, there are a few stories of, of rape and how women have chose life. And if anybody wants to grab it on Amazon and read it, they're really, really good of how God, um, you know, it's a continual healing, but the baby brought so much healing to their heart um, when they chose life and went through the pregnancy and chose to parent. Amen. I love hearing that. Um, now, Amy, I know you have probably lots of incredible stories, but is there one out of all you, what you've done with your ministry? Is there one story, just one of your favorites of a client that you dealt with that you love to share? Oh, yeah, I have one favorite. It is a girl that had an unplanned pregnancy and she was an only child, was only only had a dad. Her mom left when she was two weeks old, so she never had siblings or anything like that. It was just her and her dad. And so when she found out she was pregnant, she was terrified to tell him and she knew he would be so mad, but she finally did. And he really was mad. He said, you'll be a, a horrible mom. You can't do this. And the father of the baby was already in jail. Like it was just a really bad situation. He said, you can have an abortion or you can place for adoption, but you're not having this baby and, or you're not going to be parenting this baby. And so she was so scared. She felt totally alone. She went to an abortion clinic, but she saw people, uh, praying outside. And so she just kept driving. And then she met with an adoptive family, but just didn't feel right about that. But she was terrified. So she worked at a UPS store. And so one day she went, uh, drove up to work. And as she drove in to a parking spot, she said, God, if you can hear me, will you please bring me someone that I can talk to? Cause I need help. And I don't know who to, who to call. If you bring me a package that has the word church on it, then that's when I'll know that it's a safe place in person for me to talk to because I don't know who else to call. So she goes in and she works her shift and five minutes before closing, here comes a guy with a box that has the word church on the shipping label. And hmm. she's like, Oh my God, do you work at a church? Huh. And he said, no, I don't work at a church. And he's, and she's like, he said, I have a web, a company that makes websites for churches. And she's like, Oh, and he could feel the disappointment, you know, and he, he said, well, I go to church. And she's like, you do? And then that was her sign. She just let it all out, started bawling and saying, my dad thinks I'll be a horrible mom. I don't know what to do. And I know this guy. He's the dad of four boys. He was just like, I don't know what's happening right now. And But he, he was like, okay, let me get your information. I feel like our church has something. I'll have my wife call you. It's going to be okay. And he said some encouraging words to her. And then he left. And so she got connected to our Embrace Space group. And the first day that she came to class, she was kind of a new girl because we had started a few weeks before. So she was telling all the other girls in the class about the UPS story of how she heard about Embrace Space. But she said something that forever changed my life. So as she was telling the girls about it all, she said, my dad thinks I'll be a horrible mom. But that guy at the UPS store said he thought I would be a good mom. Wow. And she kind of just said it quietly. And I didn't, I mean, I was trying to process what she had said. It was a perfect stranger wow. that most likely would never see her again, said something that he probably was just like, you know, I don't really know what to say right now. I think you'll be a good mom. You know, I don't know. And that was literally all she had to hold on to. Yeah. That one person, a stranger, believed that she could do it. So maybe wow. she could do it. 
And so to see that our words really do have life and death in the power of our tongue, and God is bringing us people all the time, all around us, that we need to speak life into, and we don't have to overcomplicate it. It could be something so simple as you can do this, and I believe in you, and, and you never know that that is exactly what they needed to hear. And she is now the best mom ever, and her dad agrees, and uh, she ended up having a little boy, and her name's Jordan, and she's just so amazing. So... I just want to challenge everyone listening to just really put your kingdom eyes on and really be watching for people that are desperate for to know that does God even hear me or does he see me? You know, we are the answer to the prayer sometimes, but we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us and guide us in our conversations as we're at McDonald's or the dry cleaners or the grocery store or wherever we might be. Absolutely. How do people get in touch with you, Amy? Because I know some people are going to want to reach out to you. Yes, EmbraceGrace.com. You can uh, go there. If anyone's interested in starting an Embrace Grace group at their church, they can, and all the information's there. Or if you want to find a church that's near you, if you have, know a girl that may be pregnant, there's a big group directory on there, so check us out uh, there. You can get a hold of us there. Well, Amy, God has just really birthed this incredible ministry, and, and that's a message to all the listeners out there, that God has this awesome plan for all of us, and that we need to be encouraged, and I know Amy encouraged me today, and I hope and pray that Amy encouraged you in your walk. In, in closing, I always like to ask this, how does a person get the hell out of their life? Oh, gosh, just <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. And abide in Him, yes. I love it. I love it. Well, Amy Ford, thank you. Uh, you were just amazing. And it's embracegrace.org? Uh, com. Oh, com. Okay. Actually, it's both. It's both. You it's both. We'll take you there. Amy, God bless you, and thank you for sharing today. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. What I'm about to tell you will literally change your life. If you're anything like me, you've probably had at least one relationship let you down, where it went south, when someone you loved and cared about decided to bail. Are you ready for a lasting relationship where there won't be any goodbyes? That's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ wants to be for you. He promises this to those who belong to Him. Call 888-NEED-HIM to learn how to start that forever relationship. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you. When you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Well, friends, my time is up. I have enjoyed spending a few minutes with you. I hope you're encouraged. I pray for you every day. And I want you to know that God has an incredible plan for you. And God will lead you to the land of your destiny if you will just help Him by simply saying, Lord, I am yours. Use me. That's all he needs, friends. And then he keeps the hell out of your life. You're walking down the path to your destiny and you start having some peace, passion, and purpose for your life. Also, stop by my website, thepromoter.org, for a free resource of getting the hell out of your life. 
Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you that I love you, God loves you, and it's time for you to get the hell out of your life. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope.